WDET. It's 101.9 FM and WDET.org online. I'm Sandra Swoboda in studio now uh, for a segment about Detroit politics. There's an election in November. Mayor Mike Duggan is up for election, re-election, being challenged by Coleman Young II. And with us now to talk a little bit about this race is Chastity Pratt-Dossi from Bridge Magazine, our partner in the Detroit Journalism Cooperative. Chastity, welcome to WDET. Hello, Detroit. You have a piece on Bridge Magazine, I should say, bridgemi.com for the for the listeners and your readers. But you have, you've kind of looked at Mayor Duggan, promises made, promises kept, promises broken. What did you find in looking back over the mayor's campaign promises or or promises he made to voters and residents while he was in office and what he actually accomplished? Well, we looked through all of his state of the city addresses to see what he promised, what he, you know, what were his goals and what did he tell Detroiters he was going to do? And, you know, we found early on he made a lot of promises and, you know, towards the last part of his tenure, his um, day in city hall, he started to talk more about things that he accomplished and less about goals. So, you know, he he talked about everything from we're going to have more parks open for the kids to we're going to have Detroit insurance, the D insurance. So he was all over the place from small promises to big promises, streetlights and buses. And we're going to keep uh, making sure we inspect the schools. And then later in his term, he started talking more about things that he got done. All right. So let's talk a little bit in broad terms first, and then we'll dig into some of the specific promises and what happened with those. Um, You write in your piece, again, in Bridge Magazine at bridgemi.com, you write that the mayor's style is kind of characterized by early, get early success, right? I mean, these are kind of political strategies in a way, too. Have some early successes, uh, only make promises you can keep, and control the data about what is going on. So let's start with the first one. What early successes did you find the Mayor Duggan had in his first term as the mayor of Detroit? Well, early on, he talked about buses, streetlights, a lot. And, uh, you know, the city replaced 65,000 uh, streetlights. So, and that was something that he started really early on. And with the buses, he... He got a lot of influx of money from the Obama administration to put new buses on the streets. And his goal was to, um, of course, put new buses on the street, get them, you know, people to work on time and things of that nature. There was, uh, I think, some like 80 new buses. And that helps. But on peak times, we still don't see the number of buses that are required on the streets. And anybody who rides the bus in Detroit knows that... <laughs> Some lines, they'll get there when they get there. They just don't come on time. So while there are more buses on the streets, more buses in the fleet, it still is falling short. Okay, so some early success, but not necessarily big enough success or continued success on that one. Um, the second way you describe him is keeping only making promises he really can keep. What are some examples of those? Well, it, with the buses, that was sort of easy because he's got a lot of money from the feds to do that. Um, and uh, we, we talk some about him controlling the data. When you talk about street light installation, that's the public lighting authority. That's right under his control. You're not going to get that information from the state. You're not going to get that information from the feds. So we're really relying on the city to tell us the truth behind that. It's hard to get some third party objective information um, when he's controlling the data about the street lights. So when he says there's 65,000 new street lights and they're brighter than the sodium lights we had before, we got to kind of trust them. And, you know, uh, in, in media, we are not used to that. No, that's a foreign concept. <laughs> that's sometimes. a foreign concept. And, <laughs> and it takes a lot to vet that 
that sort of information. So, um, you know, he had some early successes. He made some promises that he could keep because he had the money to keep them and or at least um, almost keep them. And he controls the data. So those are political strategies that have um, been, you know, really, uh, you know, part of his his term. Now, you've put me in the position of having to defend him just a little bit, but it's a qualified one because in controlling the data, I feel like the city is offering more data publicly available. There's that open data portal now that has a lot of data sets on it. You can look at where crimes are happening. You can look at the lights. You can look at business licenses. But like you said, it's definitely controlled of it's limited to what is up there. It's not like we can go and see every piece of information the city has. Well, you're right. That data dashboard the Detroit data dashboard is new. It's useful. A lot of it is up to date. There are some parts that aren't, but it's, it's um, you know, bringing Detroit into the 21st century. And it's something that we hadn't had before. Uh, and, and, you know, there's also a couple of apps now, you know, there's the bus app, there's the parking app, there's the improved Detroit app where you can make your complaints to the city. And the city says that there's something like 80,000 complaints that they have handled in the last two and a half years, you know, th- partly through that app. So there are some data um, entry points, some access now that we didn't have to information just, uh, you know, a term or two ago. And those apps are available to not just city residents. So I should say anybody who's coming to the city and uh, will find there's not parking meters necessarily anymore. There's the boxes, but you can also do it through the app on your phone. So uh, we'll put those links on WDET.org where we put the link to this segment as well. So if people are looking for ways to report Uh, issues like that in the city or use the parking app or see the bus one. DDOT has that route information as well. Uh, I'm Sandra Swoboda. You're listening to WDET. I'm in studio now with Chastity Pratt-Dossie. She's a writer from Bridge Magazine. And she looked at Mayor Duggan from when he was elected in 2013 to his running for re-election this year. What promises did he make and how well did he do at keeping them? So we talked about lights. We talked about transit. Let's talk about a few more things that are in your story there at bridgemi.com. You touch on demolitions in the city. What what has he said about that and what has he done? Well, you know, the idea was to get to 10,000, the city only having 10,000 abandoned buildings by the end of his term, you know, to go from 80,000 to 10,000 in one term was really ambitious. And it's well documented that the demolition program has had a lot of problems spending too much money, you know, losing money and the feds are all over it. And it's um, it's been an ambitious program that took down at some point they were taking down 200 buildings a week. But we know now that they weren't doing it the way they were supposed to or they weren't spending the money they were supposed to. So ambitious project. Um, not going to hit that 10,000 number. And the feds are all over it saying the money has been spent wrong. So that's a program that, you know, it's a big promise that he made and one he couldn't keep and it's got a lot of problems. Um, And people in Detroit are, you know, they're wanting to see those houses down, but, you know, hmm, we'll see how that, that shakes out once, you know, the money is counted right. Let's stick on kind of the quality of neighborhood life theme and talk about parks. What has been Mayor Duggan's strategy towards parks in the city? Um, Some successes there, too, from what I've seen. Well, he wanted the um, parks to – well, his goal was to get 200 parks open and maintained. The city reports that when he became mayor, there were only 25 parks that were really open and being maintained and that they were going to open up 
150 to 200. And now the reports are saying, look, we've got over 200 parks open and um, they are putting $11 million into getting uh, 30 or so totally remodeled and open by the end of this year. So according to their information, they're hitting the number, they're exceeding the number of parks that they wanted to get open. uh, But we can't uh, forget that some of those parks were opened and remodeled with the help of neighborhoods and uh, neighborhood groups and businesses and churches who adopted parks. And, uh, you know, it depends on which park you go to on what day. There are some that are always maintained and there are some that are not. <laughs> so uh, while they over the last couple of years have gotten more of them opened, you know, it's still kind of hit or miss with a few of those parks, what they look like from day to day. And there's another issue, and you wrote about this earlier at Bridge Magazine, but that was his his statement about judging him by what the population of the city did. We've had some census data, new U.S. census data released recently. What did the mayor say and what's happened about growing the population of the city? So early in his term, 2014, 2015, he said, you know, is the population of the city of Detroit going up or down? I think that's the one true gauge of a mayor's success. He even told the Wall Street Journal, if I don't get the um, numbers to go in a positive direction to get the population to grow, I I shouldn't expect to win re-election. Well, we know that that was an ambitious um, promise and it was one he couldn't keep. You, You know, there are a lot of new housing starts in Midtown in downtown, but not enough. Uh, in 2016 and 2017, the city lost residents about 3,500 a year. Now, that's good because you're talking about a city used to losing tens of thousands for the last 50, 60 years, right? So while um, the city lost only 3,500 residents the last couple of years, uh, he, he wasn't able to keep his promise of turning around the, the population decline and turning it into a population increase. We have about 672 thousand people in Detroit as of now. As we talk about a lot of these issues, what are the reasons he has not been able to keep some of these promises? Are they within City Hall? Are they native to the city and we can't get away from them? Are there other agencies or organizations or political people that are are preventing the mayor from having bigger success? Um. It looks like it depends on what the issue is. You know, he he said we're going to start our own insurance company and call it de-insurance. Well, the legislature is like, no, you're not. (laughs) So (laughs) that was something that he couldn't control. We know that that's a major impediment to people coming to the city, the cost of insurance in Detroit. And it was a really ambitious idea to have de-insurance. Somebody called it ghettoized insurance because it scaled back their, um, you know, the coverage. And it it, it doesn't, uh, it didn't uh, eliminate redlining. It didn't revamp the insurance issues across the state. So it died. You know, sometimes the ideas are so big and he doesn't have the support to make them happen. But um, I want to interject really quickly and talk about the, the pink elephant in a room. He, you know, he talks about we're going to have inclusion in the city of Detroit, include everyone in the, the revitalization, all the neighborhoods. Well, come on. This city has been in decline for 60 years and you have people in the neighborhoods who are continuing to say, I don't see any improvements in my own neighborhood. Yes, thank you very much for the streetlight. However, I, I don't feel included in the revitalization. And that was a big promise. And he's going to he's going to have to be around for a few more terms to turn around that. What other issues are you hearing from people in the neighborhoods are kind of the biggies? Are they the ones that you used in this report to judge them on or are there other ones that are out there? Uh, I think the biggest one everyone knows is, you know, 
neighborhoods versus downtown. You know, you got 80% of your city is African-American and don't live in Midtown. They don't live downtown and they want to see some revitalization in neighborhoods. Um, We picked issues small and large to look at. We looked at, did he bring us the municipal ID he said he would bring us? Um, And did he? uh, Yeah, but that was also heralded or shepherded in by um, Raquel Castaneda-Lopez. That was her pet project. He talked about, oh, we're going to have Project Greenlight. We're going to be crime fighting using these cameras and businesses. Well, that was pet project of uh, Andre Spivey, Councilman Andre Spivey. So some of the things that he promised and some of the things that um, he did, it was in conjunction with city council people who had already been championing those issues. So as we look towards November, what does all of this say to his chances for re-election, do you think? I mean, you know, in August, he won 70 percent of the vote. <laughs> so don't quite, ask me, is he going to win? <laughs> he won 70 percent of the, the primary. It, it, you know, that speaks to a very wide margin of support between uh, Duggan and Komene Young II, who is running a really grassroots kind of campaign. You know, um, yeah, let's, let's talk about him a little bit more. Where do you see him on some of these issues? Is he picking the ones to attack that the mayors had success on or failure on or is he... Is he using some of these issues within his campaign so far, because it's still relatively early, is he using some of these issues in his campaign to try to counteract the Duggan machine? Well, one of the really big themes of his campaign is the neighborhoods versus downtown. He's saying, you know, um, uh, he is the one who represents the regular folks and what they need and what they want and that Duggan doesn't know it, know what, you know, the real people in Detroit want or um, isn't really paying attention to their needs and can't understand what they need. So uh, that's a huge theme in his campaign. And he's really in the neighborhoods. He's hitting neighborhood block clubs. He's hitting, you know, he was at festivals. He's at things where you wouldn't necessarily see high rollers, but you'll see regular folk. That's the kind of campaign he's running right now. And we'll see how it uh, does if he's able to really get a lot of momentum from the ground level grassroots um, voters to to, you know, vote for him to, to close that that margin. Because right now everybody is basically saying, you know, it's a done deal. Duggan's going to win. We have several weeks until the November election. Chastity Pratt-Dossie, our guest from Bridge Magazine, will continue to cover the election and issues in the city of Detroit. And WDET will bring you coverage. You can go online at WDET.org slash elections and find all the work of our reporters here and links to Chastity's and our other partners in the Detroit Journalism Cooperative. Chastity, thanks so much for being here today. Anytime. I'm Sandra Sabota. You're listening to WDET. Support for WDET's work with the Detroit Journalism Cooperative comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, Renaissance Journalism's Michigan Reporting Initiative, and the Ford Foundation. That's going to do it for us today. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. Detroit Today is produced by Laura Weber Davis and Jake Neer. The program director is Joan Isabella. Technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevethan. Associate producer is Gus Navarro. And the Detroit Today theme song was composed by WDET's Sam Bobian. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.